Hi, Rav Judy here with the beginning of the fifth parak of Masechet Yoma, dedicated to the merit of Rafu Shlema for Kalman Yitzchak ben Sarah Bluma. Parak Hey Mishnah Aleph. So this is picking up where we actually left off a couple of Mishnah to go, uh, namely that the Kohen Gadol has now offered two of the three bowls that he will offer as a Korban. And now while another Kohen is stirring the dam, or agitating and stirring the blood so that it won't congeal before he can put it on the Mizbeach, it's time for him to go bring the incense. So they bring him a kaf, a ladle, and a machta. A machta is a fire pan. The fire pan has the coals, which if you remember, he went up on top of the Mizbeach, on top of the altar, and took some very, very hot coals and put them on the fire pan. He now goes over to the incense and takes two full handfuls and puts them into the ladle. Some Kohanim had big hands, so two handfuls would be like, like it's basically both hands together, you know, holding what they can, would be a larger amount, a larger quantity, and a smaller Kohen or a Kohen with smaller hands would be smaller. This was the Mida. It's very, very interesting because so many things in Halacha, we have an objective Mida. So it has to be a Kezayat. A Kezayat doesn't matter how big or small you are. You have to eat a Kezayat of Matzah. And other things, you know, it has to be this size, that size, that size. There are in liquid measurements, we have the notion of um, of variable measurement. Malo Lugmav, a cheekful. So my cheekful and a great trumpet player like Dizzy Gillespie is going to have a different cheekful than mine. So in liquid measurements, they're different. A Rafutner has a beautiful piece based on a Gemara Chagiga where he explains the Gemara Chagiga talks about how halacha is like bread and philosophy is like water. And he explains it according to this idea that philosophy is like bread, that halacha is like bread. Bread is something that is eaten in specific measurements. It doesn't matter how big you are. Halacha is meant to be one size fits all. It doesn't matter who you are. This is the halacha. But philosophy is very, is quite variable. And philosophy is like liquid. It's like water. And water varies by the person, different cheekfuls. So here we actually have an odd, uh, an odd exception, which is we have a solid measurement that's being done quite variable. It depends on the size of the Kohen Gadol's hands. And when it says, it becomes important. He takes these handfuls, puts them into the ladle. When he goes and he puts them out on the coals inside the Holy of Holies, said the Kodesh Kodashim, the halacha is that if he drops even a mustard seed's worth of incense, then it isn't really the full measurement. It's not two full handfuls, in which case he hasn't done it right. He has to go back and do it again. And so uh, it's actually considered to be one of the most difficult moments of the avoda of the service, is when the Kohen Gadol tries to get the entire two handfuls and he gets them into the ladle. That's easy because the ladle's big. But then pouring it from the ladle back into his hands and not lose any is considered to be one of the most challenging parts. So that's the mita, that's the amount of incense. Now, he takes the fire pan in his right hand and the ladle of incense in his left hand. Gemara explains that really it should be that the incense should go in his right hand because that's the more significant part here. That's it's the incense. The coals are just there to burn the incense. However, since the pan of coals is much heavier, we also don't want him to drop things. So we let him use his right hand, which for most Kohanim is going to be the stronger hand, to hold the, the, pan, the fire pan and then just use the, uh, the, put the incense in the left hand because it's not as heavy. So he walks through the uh, through the inner part of the Beit HaMikdash to get towards the curtains for the Holy of Holies. And there are two curtains there, that separate between the Kodesh, the holy section, that's the section that has the incense altar, that has the menorah, that has the shulchan, the main, you call it the ulam, the uh, the um, 
auditorium, I don't know, the, the main part of the Beta Mikdash, getting now to the Holy of Holies, the Kodesh Kodashim, at the back western side. And there are two uh, curtains there, Hamavdilot being Kodesh being Kodesh Kodashim, the divide between the Kodesh and the Holy of Holies, Ubenehem Amma, there's an Amma in between them. Now this is a bit of a question, we'll explain in a second. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Lo'ay Tashem, Ela Parochet Achat, Belvad, Shanemar, Fijulat Parochet Lachem, Ben Kodesh, Ben Kodesh Kodashim. Yossi says it was only one curtain there. As the Pasuk says, the curtain will divide between the Holy and the Holy of Holies. What's going on here is that in the first Beit HaMikdash, there was actually a wall. We don't want anybody to be able to see inside. So there was a wall and there was a curtain. Curtain in front of the wall, that's fine. You just you know, pull back the curtain, go around the wall, fine. Uh, in the second Beit HaMikdash, the second Beit HaMikdash was very, very tall. And it would not have been possible to put a one ama wall that would stand that high and be steady. So what they did instead was they hung two very, very tall curtains from the top, and there was an ama in between them because there was a question, that ama, that foot and a half to two feet, did that ama belong to the Koli of Holies or to the regular area, just to the plain Kodesh? Um, it's an issue of, you know, if you think about all the laws in different uh, societies, zoning laws, but like when you have a wall in between two things, is the wall part of the inner you know, or the left or the right, the inner, the outer, who, to whom does the wall belong? So with that question, Rabiosi said, no, 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 no. There was no need for that because the, the ama space, the foot and a half to two feet space of that wall really belonged to the Kodesh. But the Tanakama, the primary opinion here, is that actually there was a question about it. And so when they couldn't build a wall that would be structurally sound and that tall, they went with two curtains. And the space in between was left as an ama because it's not clear whether that's part of the Holy of Holies or not. Now, what happens with those curtains? The outer curtain had its space at the southern side, which if you're walking towards the west, uh, which is the orientation of the Beit HaMikdash towards the Holy of Holies, you're walking through it, that would be on the left side. And the right curtain had a space at the right-hand side of it to get through it. So basically what he does is he walks with his pans enters in at the left end of the outer curtain, walks through the inner space in between them, that ama in between, gets to the edge, to the northern edge, to the right, and now makes it a left turn and goes back inside. Now he's inside the inner curtain, um, and he's walking now there, right? So... Um, he walks in between the two until he gets to the northern edge. When he gets to the inner edge, he turns left and goes now facing south. He walks with the curtain now is on his left-hand side, because he's on the inside and he's walking south. He walks about halfway, and now the Aron is to his right. He now goes up to the Aron, to the Ark. He puts down the fire pan between the two poles of the Aron. Uh, you know, they stick out, so he puts them down on the ground in between those two. He now spreads out the incense over the coals. And the whole bit of Mikdash fills with smoke when the incense hits the coals. He walks back out the way he came in, but he walks backwards, the same way many people walk away from the Kotel, facing forward toward the Kotel, so they're walking backwards. He backs up towards that northern edge, goes in the curtain, then backs up through the space to the southern edge, and goes back outside the outer curtain. Uh, when he's getting outside, he says a short uh, a short tefillah. This is sort of when he's in between the curtains. And this tefillah is one that we mention on Yom Kippur, that he says, you know, Hashem may... Um, may, you know, make this year a prosperous one and let it be rainy and let the uh, the king sit on the throne and let the people of Israel make a good living and, you know, please don't let travelers who don't want rain 
um, don't listen to them too much because we really we need the rain. Um, but so as he's coming out, he says this uh, this Kohen Gadol's tefillah. But the tefillah was meant to be short. It shouldn't go long. Not to scare people because when the Kohen Gadol goes in there, everyone's holding their breaths. And the principle was that if he didn't do the, the avoda right, if he was a heretic, if he didn't care for it enough, then uh, then he would die in there. So they're waiting for him to come out. So if he takes a long tefillah, people are going to get really scared. So he can't do that.